This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. AM570, an LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Later this hour, Vinny Bonsignor jumps on. NFL trade deadline around the corner, Rodney. And uh, you got to believe, well, we know the Rams are kicking the tires a number of places. Be curious to see if the Chargers are kicking the tires as well. You know, they have uh, been banged up as well. Yeah, with all their injuries. I think they will be kicking those tires, Fred. So Vinny will jump on and uh, give us some insight on that. And don't forget, you can download the show uh, and podcast the show the minute we get off the air. Kevin puts it up. So get the free iHeartRadio app, absolutely free. Go to the App Store, download it. And if you've got the app, you can take the show wherever you go and stream it live. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the country. Anywhere. You can. In the world. That's right. You can in listen the world. to the show live. I told you about the guy in Morocco. I showed him the app. He started listening yeah. to the station. I was sitting in a gym in Morocco. Is that the same guy that threw the monkey at you? No, that's another guy. Wrong. No, this was Mohammed, the guide. Mohammed, the guide. Mohammed, the guide. Yeah. He said, you have a good voice. What do you do? I said, well, I do a number of things, but here, here's an example of what I do. And I clicked on the app and we started listening to the station live in Morocco. Nice. In a gym. So you can listen to the show wherever you go, anywhere in the world. Get the free iHeartRadio app. Touched on this yesterday. Pac-12 media day for basketball. The commissioner of the Pac-12 basically had to answer questions about the uh, teams moving to the Big Ten. And his response was, you know, a lot of people have come up to me. A lot of people have come up to me. Both schools have told me they're not really in favor of this. They'd much prefer to stay where they're at. You know, the tradition, the rivalries. Who's not going to miss a trip to Pullman, Washington? If you have a chance to go to Tucson, Arizona, you jump on a, a plane and go right away. Yeah, you trade that for Iowa City, that where you want to go? Bloomfield, Indiana, that yeah. where you want to go to? I yeah. mean, it really is the trade-off. Yeah, here's the trade-off. That is the most absurd yeah. thing I've ever heard. What are you talking about? You just poo-pooed trip to Pullman, Washington. Well, how much better is a trip to Bloomfield, Indiana? I'm saying in the Big Ten, you're on a bigger stage. The paycheck will be fatter. Your recruiting opportunities will be greater. For the schools that get it, Fred, it's for the schools. But you're talking about people. You're talking about alums. You're talking about... You know, even boosters. Um, I, I'm the same way. I was just at the Utah game, and that was a big question that everybody came up to me and asked, what do you think about the Big Ten? What do you think about the Big Ten? And I would say roughly 90% of the people that I talked to about it don't like it, don't want to go, don't want to be a part of the Big Ten. It's, it's just a fact. People like the games against USC Stanford or USC Cal or the Washington-USC matchups. USC Oregon matchups, things like that. They've grown to like this the Utah. Um, 
you know, even the Arizona schools. It, it's, uh, it's, it's been something that's embedded. And maybe, yes, it's a generational thing. But there are a number of people that don't necessarily like the move. They understand it from a business standpoint. But we're talking don't like the move. Okay. So maybe what the commissioner was saying is people have come up to him and said, we don't like the move. Yeah, that's fine. But from a business standpoint, both schools love the move. Martin Germain loves the move. Mike Bone loves the yeah. move. They get it. They understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a move that's got to be made. But I think it's disingenuous of him to only present that side of it. Yeah. Well, you know, people have come up to me. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner. Anybody that doesn't it like, like it. I did. Pardon me? Should have clarified it like I did. Yeah. People get it because I'm sure, like, even people when I talk to them, yes, I understand it from a business standpoint. It's the right thing to do. Got to do it. There's a changing of the times. Uh, more money for the school. Uh, we'll, you know, competing on the grand scale, the games against Michigan, you know, on the on the flip side of what you said about Pullman, Washington, going into Ann Arbor would be cool. Going into Columbus is going to be cool. Going into Happy Valley to play Penn State on a whiteout Saturday night is going to be cool. And they get that part of it from a business standpoint. But from an emotional standpoint, they like the West out here, and when the West is good, they like to stay a part of that. If UCLA, if the Cal Board of Regents didn't have a problem, the commissioner wouldn't have a leg to stand on. He wouldn't, because it makes complete and total sense to do it. And let's not have the argument again about athlete students and student athletes. No, it doesn't hurt. The, it helps the athletes. What are we talking about? Right. If you want to be a student athlete, and, and I actually spoke at uh, Chapman University a couple of weeks ago. They had their Hall of Fame inductions. They asked me to come down and speak. And, and I talked about the difference between D1, D2, and D3. I said at the D3 level, these kids are student athletes. They really go to school first because they have to. There's no choice. You're not there. You're, you're there to go to school and compete. At a larger level, at a Division I school, you're there to compete and then go to school. Why? If, if that wasn't the case, there'd be no transfer portal. Kids are going where they have an opportunity to play. It doesn't matter what school it is. Yes. And if that's the case, don't tell me you're a student athlete. You're an athlete student. And then don't make the argument, well, you know, in fencing or volleyball or swimming, uh, they are more student athletes. Well, in, in fencing, maybe. But in swimming, there's money to be made. In volleyball, there's money to be made. In soccer, there's money to be made. And don't tell me the kids don't want to travel because they do. And then why, do we have to put, why do we have to rank them? Why can't, they be, why can't you be both? Well, you can be both. But I'm saying at the Division I level, it's more you're an athlete student. And then you hear this. And I heard it from Jack last year when they were traveling to uh, their Division Three March Madness tournament. He had a test. He went to the professor. Now, I'm told at some schools, uh, the professors go, I'm sorry. We're not going to make any accommodation. None. You have to take a test on a certain day, or you can take the test on the road, and you can be proctored. Some professors are like that, and I think it's up to each individual professor. Jack went to his no, professor. Or, or the athletic department, athletic director, to really have a conversation right. and be and, on the same page. And that's my point. That's yeah. my point, Rodney. I mean, that that was an argument being used, though. That was an argument against this, the travel and the classes they're going to miss. Jack went to his professor at Chapman, and he said, listen, we're going to be traveling on this day, and we're going to be here this long, and, you know, I have some work I have to turn in. You know what the guy said to him? Jack? I know you play basketball. I know how good the team is. You can turn the work in when you get back. Go win one for Chapman. It's that yeah. simple. 
Yeah, it's easy. It's that simple. It's not rocket science. It's not you know you're not curing cancer right then and there by turning in a test a few days later, a assignment a few days later. Come on, get over yourself. Some of these professors. Yeah, I but, agree with you. There's some of them like that. Yeah, yeah, but don't make that argument. Don't make the argument. Well, it's a travel. It'll kill these guys. Oh please. No. Come on. Come on. If you were an athlete at any level in college. You didn't think it was pretty cool when you got on a plane and went and flew somewhere, stayed in a hotel, and got to play? Oh, that was great. Of course you did. Of course you did. Everyone likes that. Well, the flight's too long. You live in America. I'm sorry. You can't fly from L.A. to Palm Springs in 20 minutes. If you're going to go somewhere and be on a big stage, you're going to travel. That's what sports is. Even in high school, a school like Sierra Canyon flies all over the country. Bosco flies all over the country. If you're any good, you're traveling. Yes. And that's a badge of honor. It's not something to go, well, it's just killing them academically. No. Accommodations are made. That's just the way it works. Well, a kid that's uh, a neuroscientist, they don't get those accommodations. Sure, they do in different ways. Of course they do. It's just the way the world works. It might be a, a, a research uh, symposium at MIT. You, they're not going to go? I got to turn in this they, work, they, professor. Yeah, I got a, I got a big opportunity at MIT that the, the brightest minds around the country are going to be at this thing for a week. Can I turn in my assignment the following week, professor? Well, you're going to say no? <laughs> exactly. You're going to say go. Go. That's your future. Yeah. Yes. Do it. So all I'm saying is the arguments against this, are all full of holes. They're like Swiss cheese. They're all full of holes. This is just the Board of Regents trying to protect their good friends at Cal and the commissioner of the Pac-12 trying to preserve his conference. That's all it is. When it's all said and done, they'll both be gone. Yes, they will. Both be gone. All right, it is haiku time. Are we having a retro haiku today or no? We will. Okay, very good. You know, Vic is now, I believe, recovering from his procedure. Yes, and tomorrow we will let you get the full extent of what Vic is going through. Oh, oh we're going to pull Friday. That. Oh, that's, that's right. We don't care. Yeah, right? Yeah, on Friday we don't care. So we'll let you know what Vic had done. And maybe, Kevin, you can check in with him. Yep, I and, will. And see if he can come on tomorrow. Either way, we will let Vic himself tell you what he went through. I because, don't think that's likely, to be honest with you, Fred. Okay. So I will ask him. You want to give him another couple of days? Well, I will reach out to him to make sure he's doing okay. But as far as coming on the radio to talk about it, I, I'm not sure if that's uh, plausible. Okay. Uh, but it, it was a good procedure. It was a good thing for him. He was excited about having it done. I'll just say this. Uh-oh. <laughs> what you going to say? I'll just say this. Uh-oh. A- after this procedure. Yes. He will be more mobile. <laughs> I don't think that's unfair to say, Rodney. He'll be more mobile. He told us what it was. In what respect? How, how will he be more mobile? Uh, what does that mean? He'll be able to, uh, <laughs> if he chooses to, he could break into a dance. I'll just say that. <laughs> Not saying he's going to go out and run a 440. Right. But he could move at a brisk pace around the track. <laughs> Unlike he was moving before. He's moving slow. Uh, he was going slow. Yes, he was very, yeah. Yeah, if y'all remember Vic, you know, maneuvering around the studio, um, yeah, it was rather slow. From where we sit to prepare the show to the studio, (laughs) has got to be a 15-second walk. 
Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Vic, it would be six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He'd come. Yes, it would. He, <laughs> now he can make it in 15 seconds. <laughs> he can make two 15 seconds now. Right. After this procedure. Yes. Right, right. So we'll talk more about what he had done tomorrow. Yes. But uh, now, and Alvin and Torrance are standing by. He will have today's listener. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, before we get to that, Alvin, let's have a retro haiku by Vic the Brick. Pose this for Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, slugging samurai, his swing, as fluid as an ancient Japanese tea ceremony. Tranquility, harmony, purity, and respect. Welcome home, Freddie Freeman. Feeling you. Okay, that one was pretty much wow. to the point. Yes, with energy. Yeah, that, he brought that a little bit, and he also showed a lot of love for Freddie Freeman. Yes, a lot. All right, let's welcome Alvin and Torrance. Alvin, how are you? Oh, fine. Hi, Fred. Hey, Rodney. Hello, hey, Alvin. How are you? Oh, good. How are, good. How's everything? Good. Everything's fine, Alvin. Thanks for asking. Now, yes. how, much, how much time... Calm, have you have you... a very calming voice, Alvin. Yeah, you really do, Alvin. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. Alvin, how much time have you put into today's haiku? How much preparation? Um, actually, I thought of it pretty quick once you guys started asking for a haiku. Okay. Okay, so this is just off the top of your head. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what you got. Ronnie, start the music. And now, with the Daily Haiku, we welcome on Alvin and Torrance. Alvin, good afternoon. Good afternoon. A cold wind blows. Through Dodger Stadium. Wait until next year. Feeling you. <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> Alvin, that was pretty good. That, that was pretty good. And you know what? I love the ending. I love the delivery on the ending. That was very solid work today, Alvin. Okay. Yeah, Alvin. I enjoy doing it. Yes. A little morbid too, but <laughs> but good, Alvin. Good, good and to the point. That was good. All right, Alvin. Thank you for thank listening. You. We appreciate yes. it. Good job, Alvin. Okay, thank you. It's lit. Fire! Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Brought to you by Jacob and Ronnie. If you find yourself in trouble, you suffer any kind of personal injury, you've got to have the best attorney in town. And you know who that attorney is? He's our attorney. He's Jacob and Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. Talked about the struggles of uh, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, there's a report, not really big into the tabloids personally. I don't know if you consider Us Weekly that or not, but there was a report this morning. Their sources tell them that Giselle has informed Tom either he leaves football to spend time with his family or she's gone for good. good. That's quote, unquote. Back that up with something that Phil Simms said on Inside the NFL yesterday, saying that he believes that Tom Brady right now is a distraction to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, basically alluding to the fact that that he's as big of a reason as any, or one of the reasons why they're struggling, Tom Brady's situation and all of the off-field drama surrounding him and his wife, Giselle Fred. Well, did the report say 
he's got to give up football immediately or did not specify did not specify one way or the other whether now or at the end of the year didn't say well i don't think he's going to give up give it up now he's in the middle of the season well you asked i'm answering the question it didn't specify but i'm i'm i gotta believe he's done after this year rodney and if that's the case maybe that's the ultimatum are you asking me i have no idea and maybe she (laughs) gave him this ultimatum in the past too but he went back and played And, and there were reports they both hired attorneys that was a report from a few weeks ago, yes. Yeah. So maybe, you know, this is it. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Walk away or I'm really done. Yeah. And and there's such a high-profile com- uh, couple um, and have been for years that, you know, there's always going to be speculation of she said this or he said this or this is what's going on and nobody really knows unless you're, uh, you know, in their situation so nobody really knows that, that that's what she said so let's want to start there um, but certainly there is real conflict going on with them about his continuance to play um, and I think it really stemmed from him retiring after last year and and then unretiring I think that they were not on the same page and it seemed that throughout his career she had and they had been on the same page and this was a moment that they weren't, and it really caused a lot of friction. And you can, you know, you can you can tell, uh, you can tell that there he has been distracted like he's never been before, and it's just something that he's not experienced before. It's certainly I don't know the extent of of their relationship or anything like that, but he has been really distracted. For him to take 11 days or whatever he took in training camp and then come back and. And just you could see it in his body language that there was really something going on in his personal life. Um, and that will directly affect your play. Now, I think Tampa's got, you know, bigger issues than just, you know, Tom Brady not playing well. There's some guys that in and out of the lineup hurt and all that kind of stuff. They're not a very good football team right now. But he's in particular, is not playing well. Um, and a lot of times that off-the-field stuff can really affect your, your psyche and your ability to focus. So... It definitely has something to do with it. I would also be shocked if he played another year, um, other uh, Fred. Given the fact the way Tampa is playing this year, I don't even know if they make the playoffs. They certainly don't look like a Super Bowl team. Um, and given all that, I, I don't see, I, I really don't see him uh, playing past this year. Our guy Fabian Ardaya, who covers the Dodgers for The Athletic, uh, did a write-up yesterday talking about shortstop options for the Dodgers. This is operating off of the assumption that Trey Turner does not return. He might or may not. Uh, But they have a couple of internal options like Gavin Lux. Some have suggested potentially Chris Taylor, though he hasn't played much at shortstop. They have a young kid named Jacob Amaya in the minor leagues. Then there's free agent alternatives. Xander Bogarts, of course, a multiple-time All-Star with the Red Sox, is out there. Uh, Dansby Swanson uh, has played well the last couple of years for the Atlanta Braves. I guess in a perfect world, if Trey Turner is not the option at shortstop and does not return, what do you think is the best option for the Dodgers moving forward, Fred? I think they'll go with Gavin Lux. I'm not sure they'll spend money there. I think they'd be more apt to spend money on Aaron Judge. And I'm not saying they'll do that. But I think they'll go with Gavin Lux at shortstop. Um, and certainly I could be wrong. Do you think that's what they should do? You're saying that's what you think they will do? I, you know, here's the problem. A guy like, how many... To me, it's the exact same thing. Xander Bogarts? Okay. Correa's available as well. Yes, he is. Uh, how many years? Sign these guys for two years at a decent clip? Which is what Correa signed a one-plus-one with Minnesota this offseason. So. Yeah, but you got to think if he comes to the Dodgers, he's not signing a one-plus-one. 
He wants to get paid. I'm sure he wanted to get paid this past offseason, and the market dried up for him. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. I think their best option probably is Lux, Rodney. Um, yeah, and I, I, it'd be hard pressed for me to believe the Dodgers go hard after Carlos Correa, uh, given where he came from, given the backlash the Dodgers would get by signing him. Although he is probably the best guy out there, um, if they do do the Judge thing, and I think that's what it comes down to, if they go get Aaron Judge and they go all in on Aaron Judge, I think they roll with Gavin Lux uh, as their shortstop and let Chris Taylor uh, play second base, uh, and 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 that's a trade off. Uh, between Chris Taylor and, and, and Max Muncy and, and you know, Max Muncy going back from third base, Mookie mid there from time to time. I think in-house they could have that. It was kind of like what the problem that Kike solved when he was here, right? He could play second base on a regular basis or shortstop on a regular basis. And um, But I think Gavin Lux having played both a little second base, but his true position is shortstop. So they might be apt, especially given the year that Gavin Lux had offensively, be apt to say, okay, now it's yours, Gavin. Let's see how it works out, at least for a year. Especially if they go all in on getting Aaron Judge. What about bringing back an old friend? We did not touch on this the other day, but Kenley Jansen stopped by the folks at TMZ and they inquired about his uh, interest in coming back to the Dodgers, and he did not necessarily rule it out. I think believe he led the National League in saves this past year for the Braves. Uh, what do you think there, Fred? Do you it think did. that a, a, a bringing Kenley Jansen back would be a viable option for the Dodgers help out that bullpen some yeah I think it would if they sign him for a year if he's to that point in his career where he goes a year at a time why not I wouldn't sign him for more than that though but I'd certainly sign him for a year under what role closer he becomes your guy again yep yeah he had a good year no he did he did he probably surprised the Dodgers with the kind of year he had He's not yeah, done. And sometimes the second tier, second time around, you, you go away, come back, you get resurrected. I think he got resurrected in Atlanta and, and had a good year, like you mentioned. Um, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, I think you can also probably get away with not having to break the bank with him. And you still got, you know, the staff. You're going to have a – where are they at? Where's 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 Trinan and his he signed. He, he signed. signed up. So yeah. you got him. Just set up guy. If it doesn't work out, he can go back to being a closer. They got guys, so he would only strengthen that bullpen, I believe. So yeah, I don't think it would be a bad idea at all. LeBron James caused a bit of a social media stir. Posted a picture of himself dunking a basketball on his Instagram page, along with the caption, "How long will you be taken for granted?" Dot dot dot, with a crown emoji. Keep going, kid. So here we go again with LeBron, and I guess it's sub Instagramming, not sub tweeting. Now, I don't know if he's talking to the Lakers directly, to the NBA, to all of us, but apparently he says, uh, how long will he be taken for granted, Fred? Are you taking the king for granted? Is anybody taking the king for granted? You are, Fred. Oh, I'm not. You hater. No, first of all, no one's taking the king for granted. Yeah, you Because is. the king won't let anyone take him for granted. Damn right he won't. He'll respond. He'll, he'll reinforce and remind us he's the king. Look, this is a really bad situation for him and the Lakers. Uh, but he's culpable in this, in this mess as well. And I think that cannot be lost. He's culpable. He was a contributor to this. So now he's got to stick it out. Rodney, you said it in the first hour. You know, you look around the league and those guys they traded away for Westbrook are all playing pretty well. They could make a hell of a difference now. 
and so could Caruso. So he's culpable. No one's taking him for granted. I think people are taking him for granted a little bit, given the fact that the Lakers are so bad. Um, and it was overlooked how bad they were last year and the year that he had last year. Uh, you know, had the Lakers been on a deep playoff run, um, we'd still be talking about the year he had last year because it was pretty phenomenal, the numbers that he put up. Um, so I think there's still a level of, of folks that, that feel like he's done. Um, don't believe he's at, he's got anything left in the tank because and it's partly, like you said, he's culpable in this, partly because the Lakers are so bad that people are not respecting what he's doing in year 55 in the league. <laughs> that was lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, NFL trade deadline. Rams take on the 49ers this weekend. Our insider, Vinny Bonsignor, joins us next. Lisa Fox here. When not getting benched or thrown out of a game, they're on the radio with you. You're listening to Rogan and Rodney on AM570. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Play sports. Aha, Ronnie. Yeah, the Houdini on a throwback Thursday. Rodney P. Fred Rogan. You know, Fred. I uh, I saw something on a on a on a crawl over here that um, we were talking to Jerry Harrison earlier in the show. And if, again, if you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast. Kevin puts it up, and uh, you can hear everything. But we're talking about, you know, the Dodgers and making adjustments and what happens in the postseason. We've been talking about it a lot since, um, you know, since the Dodgers got bounced from the from the uh, from the playoffs. Yeah. But I saw it that, um, you know, Justin Verlander was named the, the starter for Game One for the, for the Astros. Did you realize he is zero six in the World Series? With an ERA of over five. I mean, this guy has multiple Cy Youngs. One of the most dominant pitchers of the century. And yet, has not won a World Series game. And has got an ERA over five. And it just, it proves you, you know, you, you never know. You just really never know. And sometimes, like you said, making adjustments or it could be that particular day. I don't think you look at him and every one of those games that he lost and go, okay, that's the one reason why he lost. He lost because he didn't do this, or his fastball was that, and this was that. His secondary pitch was this. I think he just lost. You know, that can happen. Yeah. That can happen. He just lost. And uh, people have to be aware of that. 
I mean, we've had callers call this show and say, well, now, if they had just traded for Verlander, remember the guy that called the other day? Yeah. If they yeah, remember just, that? If yeah, they just, just traded for Verlander. Everything would have been forget different. The Dodgers beat Verlander in game one. Kershaw versus Verlander. Yeah. In that series against the Astros. Yeah. We beat him. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> there's no guarantees. No guarantees. There are no guarantees. Okay, let's bring on our NFL insider, Vinny Bonsignor. And Vinny, how are you? To prove that there's no guarantees, that the Philadelphia Phillies were third place in the NL East. They won 87 games. They got yes. hot at the right time. They won a couple of series, and now they're in the World Series. That's what happens when you let multiple, uh, to me, too many teams into the playoffs. A, guy, a team gets hot for a week and a half, and all of a sudden they're in the World Series, and they were in third place during the regular season. I think, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in agreement with all these teams in the playoffs. Oh, you don't like it? They go back to the old days. If you win the if you win the National League East uh, National League, you you're you're in. Um, not that, not quite that far back, but uh, I think it's I think maybe four teams in each in each uh, league uh, is, is sufficient. You get the three division winners and the best wild card, and just just let them play that. Don't play as many. I just don't like as many series as they've had, uh, and I don't like that a third place team is in the World Series right now. And I'll tell you this: I, I, what else? What are the great moments of these? Uh, can you guys remember one memorable moment in these playoffs? Yes, memorable, several. Bryce Harper's home run. Yep. Okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you that. There hasn't been one series that's that I don't think that's gone. Alden Alvarez, Alvarez walk off against the the Mariners. Now nah, bottom of the ninth. That was a big moment. That was a pretty big Mariners, moment. All right, I'll give Mariners, you that. Mariners, yeah, had them had them dead to rights. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like these playoffs have been kind of devoid of real genuine excitement. I, I'll give you that one. That was definitely a nice moment. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like there's been real drama in any of these series. Like, like you know, obviously the Dodgers losing the way they did to the Padres. There was no real drama. They got beat. It was there's yeah. There hasn't been anything uh, like a dramatic series. Let's put it that way. And usually at this time, there's all kinds of memories and, mo- and moments that we've had. But whatever. I just I don't like having that many teams in the baseball playoffs. It, it kind of cheapens the teams that, you know, went wall to wall, like the Dodgers winning as many games as they did. And the, you know, I know you got to win in the playoffs, but I, but I do think that baseball is weird like that. Like you could get, you could get hot for a couple of weeks and you're the world series champion. I don't, I'm, you know, after being third place in your division, I don't like it. All right. Let's get, I, let's get I am rooting for the Phillies. <laughs> We're all we rooting all for are. the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay, Chargers have a bye week, uh, Vinny. Mike Williams out four weeks. Are they an average team or just really banged up or both? Well, I think the uh, I think the injuries make them kind of average right now. And maybe we would have found out that they were kind of average anyway, even with all their health, if, if all their players were healthy. Um, but you know, this is it's just it's it's turned really bad for the Chargers, unfortunately, from a health perspective. Uh, losing their starting cornerback, now losing Mike Williams. Um, you know, it's just been. It's been one thing after another for the for the Chargers, and and to me, losing to the Seattle Seahawks at, at home last week not a, not a great way to go into the bye. Um, they got the Chiefs coming out of the bye, so I don't know. It's not uh, things aren't looking good for the Chargers right now. No, they're struggling. They might be in trouble. Um, a team that's starting to get healthy, Vinny, is the Rams. And um, when you look at them and the trade coming up, trade deadline coming up. What, what do you think they're in the market for? I mean, I know Allen Robinson hasn't been the guy they thought he was going to be when they signed him, um, but are they in the market for another receiver? Is it a pass rusher? Uh, what do you think it is for them? O-line? Um, I think their O-line, 
you know, uh, counting on some healthy, on some injured guys coming back. Uh, I know they, they get one of their guys back this week, and then a couple more. I think Brian Allen's back this week, and then a couple more are expected uh, in a few weeks. So I think the offensive line, they can kind of figure that out a little bit. Um, I think that, you know, you just got to hope that Robinson sort of comes around and there's too many smart people in that room and Stafford's too good of a quarterback and Robinson's too good of a wide receiver for them not to figure something out uh, for him. I think you got to go pass rush, and I would be shocked um, if they didn't land a pass rusher before the trade deadline was over. And I'm talking about like a Brian Burns um, or a Josh Allen, you know, a Chubb uh, from, the, from the Denver Broncos who, who uh, the, the Broncos are listening in on. So I would expect less need. Um, I don't want to put an onus on him, but I think that Lex, less needs going to walk out of this trade deadline uh, with an impact pass rush. But that's my prediction. Hey, Vinny, Jim Irsay forced the Colts to trade for Matt Ryan and then forced the team to bench him. Okay. Uh, is that just a case of a meddling owner? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the Colts are an interesting team because they were sitting pretty with Andrew Luck. Think about, think about that. They went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. It looked like they were set up for another... 10, 12 years, uh, and then Andrew Luck got beat up and uh, decides to retire, and they haven't been able to figure out quarterback since. Uh, it's been a steady diet of veterans. Um, they're just trying to do something to help at what's otherwise a pretty darn good football team uh, at the quarterback position, and Matt Ryan made some sense, I guess, coming off Carson Wentz, who may have made a little bit of sense a couple of years ago when they brought him in, but it, it just shows you how not having that established quarterback can really set a franchise back because this is a playoff team talent-wise across the board. Uh, but since Andrew left, it's been tough for them to figure out a quarterback. I get where Jim Mercy was, was coming from. You know, you figure, okay, Matt Ryan's probably got a year or two left in the in the gas tank. You know, they went down that road with Phillip Rivers. He got him into the playoffs that year. Uh, why not, you know, try that again? But it, it definitely hasn't worked. And, and you know, they're, they're in a kind of a bad – they're not in a kind of a bad spot. But who are, who are they going to be able to bring in? Uh, at quarterback, forget about this year, but but even down the road, um, that's a tough position to uh, to nail, and they're kind of in no man's land right now, right now at that spot. Yeah, they are. Like you said, they moved off Phillip Rivers after having a a really good season for them. Um, I know it was partly retirement, but but they moved off him, and then Carson Wentz actually had a really good season for them last year, and it was the one game against Jacksonville where they had to have it, and they and he played probably his worst game of the season, but to cause that to be the reason they got rid of a guy that that was you know in top i think he was in top 10 and in, in, in qb rating uh, at the end of last year did a really good job for him but it was just a one game um and speaking of, of qbs what do you think uh, happens in green bay and tampa uh, i heard kurt warner saying both these guys Aaron Rodgers and tom brady uh look like they're really tired and exhausted and probably need to uh probably need to shut it down because they don't look like they're having fun anymore what do you think about that yeah yeah, I agree. And uh, you look at Green Bay and, you know, um, Devontae Adams told us that he had a conversation um, with Aaron Rodgers basically to find out, you know, are you in or are you not in? Because for Devontae Adams, he didn't he didn't want to stay in Green Bay if there was going to be uncertainty at quarterback. Um, and, and he basically asked Aaron to be as honest as possible. And I'll give Aaron Rodgers a lot of credit because he was honest with Devontae. He, did, he told Devontae, man, I can't promise you right now. Uh, anything beyond this year. So you got to make a decision for yourself and for your future. And, and, you know, we make Aaron Rodgers deserve some criticism and, and whatnot, but he was at least straight up with Devontae Adams. I'm wondering if he would have wished he would have maybe, you know, fed him a different line a couple, a few months ago and kept him there because I think Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers was pretty special. And 
he's learning how life is without a, a, a great wide receiver like Devontae Adams. But literally, Adams decided to move on to go find a stable quarterback situation with the Raiders closer to home after having that kind of a conversation with, with Aaron Rodgers. So now it puts Aaron Rodgers I, – I, 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 I look at it a couple of different ways. Number one, it looks like both of them are done. Um, you know, and not like you said, not having a lot of fun. They're not winning games. Uh, that's going to wear on you, too. I just have a hard time believing that Aaron Rodgers is going to walk away with that as his lasting memory in the NFL. I'm wondering if he gives it one more chance. I'm wondering if he gives it one more chance somewhere else. Maybe he pulls a Tom Brady um, or even a Matthew Stafford at this stage of his career and tries to, to go someplace where um, it's, it's a better situation where he can win right now, maybe challenge for a Super Bowl right now, and there's plenty of the Colts come to mind. There's some, there's some pretty good teams out there that could probably use Aaron Rodgers and would put Aaron Rodgers in a better position. So I would hold off on the retirement thing and look more toward, is he going to try to force his way out to try to find another place where he could play quarterback and give himself one more chance to get a Super Bowl? As far as Tom Brady, I just, I mean, I'm looking at him and, and you know, uh, I think he's done, to be honest with you. Um, but, hey, I've counted him out before. Uh, it's a long season. Maybe he'll dip into that fountain of youth again and, and get it right. But it sure looks like Bryant, like uh, like Arians, knew a little something when, when he stepped out of the picture uh, last year, at the end of last year. Yeah, and let's say, for argument's sake, uh, he's found the fountain of youth and they go nowhere. And I didn't think they'd go anywhere at the beginning of the season, quite frankly. So they go nowhere. Then he's got to be done, right? That, that's it for him. I, yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, um, because you got to look at it from this perspective, too. Where else is what's a what's a landing spot? I mean, if 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 he could, let's say he continues also to, I mean, I guess if he if he does find the fountain of youth, there will be another team who says, you know, let's give him an opportunity for one more year, um, you know, in our in our system, you know, in our environment. But I don't know. He's it's it's getting to that point where I think everyone sees, uh, you know, the age starting to set in, and and it might be time for him to just to retire and retire for good. Uh, and walk off and, and wait for his uh, enshrinement in Canton, Ohio. Vinny, you know, listen, Bill Belichick will go down as, as obviously, if not the best, or one of the, the, the greatest coaches of all time. But when I look up and I see how he handled last week in the quarterback situation, I don't know if you could try to handle a situation worse if you tried the way he handled the Mac Jones and, and, and Bailey Zappi a quarterback uh, situation in, in New England the other day. It was just a terrible way to handle it, Vinny. And now they are in a they're in a mess. And I don't know how they recover it. You got a young quarterback who the fans turned on that you benched him after an interception and never put him back in the game when you said you were gonna play them both throughout the whole game. Now it's now it's just a mess. And and, and for a veteran head coach to handle it that way was just, it was remarkable to me. Yeah, I agree. And um, I would have just stuck with Zappi. You know, he was playing well. And you basically just say, I'm going to ride the hot hand. It's I, Mac Jones, great young kid and had a nice year last year. But, but what do you really, um, like he's not been there that long where he deserves that kind of like, oh my gosh, we got to play him because he's back. You know, go with the other young quarterback um, and let him either seize it and run with it, or if he falters and can't handle it, you know, in the next couple of games, you always have Mac Jones to turn back to, but but to switch him the way they did during the game and then put Mac Jones in that situation, he didn't deserve that. 
you know, that to go in there and all of a sudden, obviously the fans still wanted Zappi. You've been playing well. Um, yeah. And so, and then all of a sudden they bring in Mac and, and he has a, a, a rough patch there and the fans turn on him. So he created a mess where there was no real mess. All to me, the best way to handle it, let the, let the, let the rookie have the job for now. And then if he plays his way into keeping it, great. If he doesn't, then you all, then you can always turn back to Mac Jones at that point. To me, it was it was handled completely poorly. All right, Vinny, appreciate you jumping on. Thanks so much for the info today. All right, guys, have a great one. You too. Uh, log on to our Instagram at AM five seventy LA Sports for your chance to win center court tickets, section one eleven, to see the Clippers take on the Houston Rockets Monday at the Crypt. Contest ends tomorrow. Listen to every play on your home of the Clippers, AM570 LA Sports. Who is going to see UCLA and Stanford? 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. Rodney would call a number. You see it, Fred. Number seven. Number seven. Too big, too strong, Kawhi Leonard. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The LA Clippers are in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Clippers Countdown kicks off tonight at 4 p.m. Right here on L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Pete. An athlete. Rodney Pete. A father. Rodney Pete. An L.A. icon. Rodney Pete. And this guy. Red Rogan. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Way to go, Drew and Banning. You did it. UCLA football back at the Rose Bowl this Saturday, and you're going. The Bruins host the Stanford Cardinals. Get your tickets today online at uclabruins.com slash tickets. Listen to Petros and Money for another chance to win. Coverage begins at 5 on your home of UCLA, AM 570, LA Sports. Ronnie, Kevin, great work. Thank you so much. Rodney, we're back to wrap up the week tomorrow. Yes, sir. Part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend Tryna floss on a blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen Making money off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to take a head, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in LA On bail, my people say this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.